Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today is Tommy Smith. We're having a third episode with Tommy because people still had questions after those first two podcast episodes, and so we will answer those today. We are still looking for a title sponsor. If you're interested, reach out to me at chrislee70 at gmail.com or interested in another associate sponsorship of the show. We are accepting those as well. Our news is presented by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Well, Vanderbilt's Friday football practice has been canceled due to a COVID-19 outbreak. More details on that as they come out. We will see how that affects the rest of fall camp. Tommy Smith appears on our guest line, which is brought to you by Bowl and Branch. Started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. Had no clue how comfortable sheets could be until I got these. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them for a month. You can return them for free, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That's spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off. Off your first set of sheets. Tommy Smith joins us for a third episode. Tommy, appreciate you joining us. I didn't know that we would probably do a third, but the questions keep coming. Uh, the podcast that I did with you got a lot of listens, got a lot of positive feedback. So thank you for joining us again today. My, my pleasure. Tell us, first of all, how are you doing? I know you spent part of last week in the hospital. A lot of folks have asked about you and your well-being, so give us an update there, please. Well, thank you. I'm much better. I go to the doctor uh, this coming Thursday. I think the I got a, a steroid injection in my back. It certainly helped. I'm certainly not 100%, but I'm vastly improved, and I'm hoping hoping they'll let me play golf here pretty soon. But I'm I'm doing better, and thank you. Tommy, I'm going to get right into our mailbag because that's where the questions are coming from. I may have a few of my own in here to add, but uh, let's do that if you're cool with it. Absolutely. Our mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of all your insurance needs. Call him today, 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him at Joshua Minton HQ on Twitter or Facebook.com forward slash JD Minton HQ. He is my insurance agent. Give him a try and tell him you heard about uh, his business on this podcast. Ann Arbor Door, I'm going to start with a comment. He says, after the first podcast that I did with you, he says, I emailed a suggestion to you on a Saturday morning. Can't recall what it was. I was expecting you to respond the following week. You got back to me in five minutes. Says you have an amazing sports management mind, but your character, especially the way you respect and treat others, is even stronger. You're a class act, so thanks for coming on the podcast and for your service to Vanderbilt. Well, thank you, Ann Arbor Door. I do answer every email and phone call. and Actually, the name there resonates with me when I was – I think I was eight years old back in 1969. Uh, my brother and I and my dad went to Detroit and saw the Tigers and Red Sox on a Friday night and saw Vanderbilt play Michigan at the big house. It was Bo Schimbechler's first game. I've still got the ticket stub. Those are great memories, and, and thank you for your comments, Ann Arbor Door. He also asked, what's next for you? You know, I, that's a great question. 
Uh, I've obviously got to get, get healthy with my back, which came out of nowhere. I may go back to work. I may not. I've talked to NBA people all the time and uh, other, other, actually some folks at other colleges. I don't know what I'm going to do, if anything. Uh, I've really rested since February. I've gone pretty hard, as evidenced by two knee replacements, a hip replacement. So uh, I don't know. I haven't looked. I've had opportunities, but I'm just you know, trying, trying to stay healthy through this right now. He asks, excuse me, Vandy36 asks, would you be interested in being the AD at Vandy? And if you were, what approach would you take to get the resources needed to be competitive? You know, I, I would. It's a, it's a fine question. I don't want to uh, uh, hypothesize on what I would do or not do in terms of that. But what I would say is, I think just from this podcast, uh, I think I would. It's pretty clear where my uh, thoughts are. It's facilities and ability to win, and educate young people, and do all of those, and give them the resources they need. I would, no matter where I am, that's that's one thing I always focus on. Five Star Door asks, what would be the first thing after that the athletic department should address in capital improvements? What about second and third after that? I think the first thing is is facilities improvements and and um, getting them as close to on par as your competitors. And uh, I think getting more more competitive people involved, you know, that Vanderbilt's got the academic part. Everybody, they give you what you need, and it's a great education, a great degree. Uh, I think athletes need the same resources that that Blair gets, Blair school folks, and and law students and things of that nature. And it's and athletics is much more competitive. Your your baseline of whether you're doing good or bad is your one loss record, and I don't think you have to sacrifice anything else to have that happen. I know that, um, well, I can't remember how involved you were on the proposed football building, which was going to go in what's now the closed-in zone. What do you remember from that? Was that part of your work? Or was that something else? Because I know sometimes you did a lot of things, but you weren't involved in everything. I was, uh, I won't go on any specifics, but I was very involved with that in terms of structure, strategy, timeline, what needs and I was very involved with the uh, architectural firm. I spent more time with them than anybody. So I would say I was very, very involved. What can you tell us on that? I mean, there may be, I don't know, restrictions on what you can say or what you can't. But is there anything you can tell folks with regard to specifics or maybe even principles that you guys were considering as you looked at that? Uh, no specifics, but uh, uh, it was really well down the road, and it's pretty much laid out. Any changes now would be cosmetic in nature, but the, my basic philosophy was the first issue was was football uh, needs, and I, that's always been my that was always my philosophy was you got to get that first, and then to phase it in because there's so much to be needs to be done. You can't do it all at once, but prioritize and and then find out what it is you need and, and, and how to go about getting it. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you say that when you left in February or late January or whenever that was, that that was pretty close to being ready? I'm not going to say to move on, but that the plan was thought through well enough to where it wouldn't be hard for whoever's next to pick up and run with it. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. When were you guys planning to have that done? When did you think that that was realistic, if you can say? 
I, I really don't know uh, uh, other than uh, I guess. Uh, I don't know. And it would probably wouldn't matter anyway with the, with the way this coronavirus has come up. It would have delayed anything anyway. But it was, you know, I spent a lot of time on that and, and uh, I felt like it was moving in the right direction. Was getting construction crews ever an obstacle that you discussed? Because that's something I've heard a lot with all the expansion in Nashville that so many resources have already been accounted for other places. No, it never came came up in my world. It may have in the folks at Vanderbilt that deal with that. They would have more experience with that than I do, but no, it never came up in my world. Vandy Gal 78 asks, do you have any thoughts on the chancellor with respect to his comments about the importance of athletics? No, I've never met him the day he came over to, to uh, Magoog and I was, I was in some meetings. So I've never met him. Uh, take him at his word. He's, he seemed like he, he gets the fact that the athletics can be the front door to, un, to your university. And he, uh, so that's about all I can say about it. I was told that he met with Malcolm Turner for about an hour or two the night before he was formally introduced as chancellor. Do you know if that's true or not? I do not. Okay. Next one from Vandy Gal 78. She says, if the information about fundraising uh, is true, that's a $300 million match by the school. Do you think Candace will hire a rainmaker or try to do it herself? Would you be interested in the job? Are there people in Nashville that you would recommend for that job? I, I really don't know uh, what she would do. Uh, is there somebody I would recommend for the job? I haven't really thought about it, so it would be hard to say. But uh, I, I do think it's a positive if they bring it back under the Guggen Center housing and, and, and let the athletic fundraising live on its own. I actually I actually preferred that. But, but I really can't speak to what they're doing now because I'm not there. I don't know. Vandy Gal says, now that you're retired, do you intend to come back to Vandy sporting events? If not, what would Vandy need to do to get you to come back? Oh, you know, will I come back to games? Maybe, maybe not. It just depends on what I've got going that weekend. As I said earlier, uh, my my sports dollars, I don't, I don't spend them unless I think it's well spent. And uh, I don't follow mediocrity. I like to, that's why I'm such a, follower of Alabama football and New England Patriots football. I really like to watch and learn and study what they do and see what the, I like. I really like what, what, what Tim does with his program. I really like to surround myself with intellectually curious people that don't accept losing. So uh, I don't know if I'd go to any games or not. Next one from Vandy Gal 78. Aside from the facilities issue, was there ever discussion and specific ideas developed around how to win back the fan base? Yes, quite a bit, because I think Vanderbilt's got an aging fan base, and uh, the, the newer, younger folks in Nashville are going to hockey, baseball, football, now soccer, and uh, all of the strategic planning and facilities work and all that. That's kind of a my wheelhouse was all geared towards maintaining and building a new fan base. I have heard that they got a lot of blowback on the locker room project they were trying to do because people wanted to see something for the fans. I mean, Vanderbilt is always talking about students first, which I think it does a poor job in that. If you look at the nutrition, um, the weight rooms, 
stuff like that, which I understand, but it just seems like they keep deflecting the bigger issues with stadium renovation and stuff like that under that guise. And I think fans who have suffered for a long time seem to really want to see something for them. And Tommy, one thing I've discovered, I have never seen the booster base this disgruntled and discouraged. And a lot of them have just given up. I've, I've heard more times than I can count that this thing is just beyond repair and it's not worth people caring anymore. Well, I heard a lot of the same things and, and some of the things that were done with the fans in mind that were viewed as expenses rather than investments were the the restroom renovations at the football field, the new scoreboard, things like that. There's Honestly, there's so much that needs to be done. You can't do it all at once. And the lockers, football lockers, it's my understanding, have been the same one since the mid-80s. And I can assure you the other teams in the SEC have gotten more modern with that. And as in terms of how that affects the fans, that's a, that's a fair question, but you got to do things that help helps the, the football coaches be able to recruit a higher level athlete. And as, as I go back to the fan question, the bathrooms are renovated at, uh, at uh, uh, Dudley field and specifically on the, I guess the East side, which they're used for, for baseball, which was very much appreciated because that's where those folks go. So there's a, there's just a whole litany of things that need to be done because, quite honestly, it's just been ignored for 20 years. Why did you feel there was resistance to doing those things? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, you know as I said, all of a sudden, investments became expenses in somebody's mind, so I really can't answer that. Door King says, what are the thoughts on Memorial Gym? If money were no object, what changes would you make? I think uh, you need to modernize the concourses. A lot of the seats are broken. I've, I had people email me. Been, they said they've been complaining for years. Nobody would help fix them. Seats are broken. You could modernize it. Uh, there's a lot of things you could do. You could take some seats out and put in some more pre- premium areas. It's good enough. You can compete right now with that facility. It's not keeping you from competing, but it does need to be modernized. And I think you need to, uh, I'm in favor of, of building a practice gym for the men and women's basketball. Also. Vandy fan zero zero says, I would still like to know if you think there's anything the fans, boosters, students, parents, alums can do to push things forward towards getting to motivate the powers that be to actually do anything. You know, it's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, you know, the fan base is is, is, is is dwindled through the years. I have found out through a lot of my research. I, I mean, to me, that's the one thing that should get your attention. And if playing a home football game and having less than a thousand people in the stadium, if that doesn't get your attention, I'm not sure what does. A uh, stadium full of visiting fans evidently didn't. So, it, it's uh, from the question of the uh, the person who just asked that question. I'm not sure. I can't. I don't know. I'm not, at some point, people have to get tired of losing and say, "What do we got to do to win?" Because at the end of the day, winning is what it's all about. That's what the coaches strive for. That's what the players strive for. They come to get educated, play their sport, and they come to win. And if you're constantly losing, I can assure you, your college experience will be looked back on with scorn, not glee. 
I was out of town for the East Tennessee game, but that was senior day, and I got pictures from fans all throughout the day, and it looked like there were maybe six or 7,000, maybe 8,000 people at that game. That had to be so disheartening for the players as they were taking the field for their last home game. What was it like to see that, and were there any talks around that of, hey, this needs to change or anything? Well, I was out of town for that game, too, and I saw the pictures and talked to people. And uh, someone who was there could comment if I'm wrong. I never heard anybody say there were 6,000 people there. The pictures I saw, literally there was 500 people there. And yeah, certainly that's not when you, when you're, you're, you're senior day and you go out and you got that kind of support. That's not a very, that's not a very good thing to look back on. Uh, and that's, I think that's the state of the program. Vandy Nash says, do you feel like current student athletes were sold a vision that was never true? Uh, I, I certainly couldn't answer that because I don't, I don't know what they were told, but I, do, I will say this, the coaches, they do more with less. And my philosophy was I want them to do more with more. So I, I don't, you know, like I say, I'm not in those, those pitches. I would doubt it seriously because I, I think the coaches, you've got a great group over there who just need more resources. And as I said, they're doing a lot with, with very little. And I want them to do a lot more with a whole lot. I want them to do a whole lot better with a whole lot more. Well, some of this predates you, but I've had multiple parents tell me my kid was told this, we were going to have these facilities, these stadium renovations. I think Derek Mason has put or been put on a spot where he promised a lot of kids that he believed uh, with regards to things that he thought would happen regarding what had been communicated to him that still aren't even on the drawing board, at least in a public sense. I mean, they may be on the drawing board privately, but I think Derek, and this is no shot at Derek, but I know for a fact that he promised a lot of kids a lot of things that still haven't seen the light of day. He, I, I'm sure he's doing the best he can because I think he's a fine, fine person. But it goes back, change is tangible, it's not verbal. Five Star Door says, uh, can you share the true story of how Bryce Drew was fired? The Drew people made it sound like he was a victim. I wasn't there then. I, I don't think he was a victim. Disappointed. I'm sure he was. I've never met Bryce. I've heard heard very good things about him. I wasn't there then, so I really can't comment on how it went down. But I don't I don't I wouldn't I would not portray him as a victim. Disappointed, yes, I wouldn't say he's a victim. Five Star Doors says, what did you see in Jerry Stackhouse that made you believe he's the right choice for Vanderbilt? That, that's it. I think there's a presumption in the question that you were involved in that hire, and my understanding is that you weren't. I wasn't there then. I d- did talk to Malcolm. I know Jerry well. He's a very good coach, very disciplined, knows the game. And uh, so I, I knew all that about him. I was not involved in the actual interviews to whether he could handle a college regimented program versus a, a – uh, professional program because they're entirely different but he's certainly a good coach he knows the game he commands respect and i certainly enjoyed my time with him in the g league five star door says is it concern you at all that jerry stackhouse has a least experienced coaching staff in the country uh it's something that it's actually it's true i wouldn't have gone that route i personally want to have the most i used to tell when i was in charge of folks and offices and organizations and whatnot my standard line to all of them was as long as i'm the dumbest guy in the room we're in great shape and i I like to surround myself with as much experience as i can get the sec 
those, let me tell you what, those cats know what they're doing. And it's shark-infested waters recruiting-wise. And I think it's a fair question to see if this philosophy can win in the SEC with that, that, that level of experience. You know, you're not going to out X and O guys and win the SEC. You've got to win some recruiting battles. And you, you can coach them up and get developed better and all that. If you even look at the data on football, the teams with the best recruiting classes, the data is overwhelming. Sign the most four and five stars, win the most games. And it applies to basketball too. Dusty Orleans says, if for some reason you were asked to rejoin the staff at Vanderbilt, what would you do or would you do so? And what guarantees written in your contract would it take for you to accept? You know, hey, I, I don't foresee that ever happening. Uh, it's it's a hypothetical. I, I do want to be cognizant and ask, answer the questions the best I can. Just that everybody's on the same page and what, what's the accountability and what is what are the expectations. Uh, one of the things that, that I felt like, I felt like the bar, Vanderbilt Athletics and staff is so low that it's so comfortable that I don't, I think you, that's not my philosophy. I'm not, certainly not talking about mistreating anybody. You got you got to enjoy the wins and, and share in the misery of the losses too. And uh, as I, as I, as I said, I think in one of the earlier podcasts, Vanderbilt fans were ecstatic. They beat Tennessee what three out of four years, whatever it was, and they should have been happy. But Tennessee was the last place team in the league. That's how far the bar is. I'm not worried about beating the last place team in the league. How are we doing against Georgia and Florida? I just I, I do believe in setting the bar extremely high and get as close to it as you can get. I was told that Malcolm Turner had certain guarantees in his contract when he took the job. Do you know anything about that? I do not. Okay, I think this is the last one, Tommy. Five-star door says, is the weight room for the football team adequate for an SEC program? How does it measure up to a group of five school? What about high school football programs? Uh, I don't think it is uh, commiserate with an SEC football weight room. I haven't seen all of them. But it's not it's not as modern and, and big and sophisticated as some of the competitors you're going against. Tommy, I think that's all the questions. Anything that is worth discussing that we didn't get into today? No, I, I, you know, I'm just trying to answer your questions, and and I appreciate the fans, and and I got a lot of notes checking on me when I was in the hospital. I think Vanderbilt fans are some of the best fans around. I think they're just starved for good news. That, that honestly, as I said before, hope has become the strategy and hope is not a strategy. And the results are right there, wins and losses. And that's not at the expense of education, going to class, recruiting good people. Why that has to be either or is beyond me. I don't understand that. I think they can be as good as anybody wants to be with the right resources and commitment. I would ask you one more thing. I think the Black and Gold Club has come up several times recently. There's been some tweets about it. Vanderbilt has started to put out its uh, board of directors, I guess it is, for that. I think it's got maybe a dozen names listed on its website already, different sport contacts. I think you had said that that was a Malcolm Turner idea. Um, What do you know about that? Well, we certainly were told, heard time and time and time again that McGugan was closed. And we wanted not to be to former players. We wanted to embrace them and let them know that, you know, taking care of your own is the single most important thing you can do. So it was something we were working on. I don't know how it's how it's shaped now, but it was certainly something we wanted people to realize it was important to us. Uh, 
And we asked the question was, was where, why hasn't this been done 20 years ago? That's what was shocking to, to myself. I mean, it's all, it's all well and good, but why now? Where's it been for 20 years? What does that tell you? Yeah, a lot of questions about that that I can't answer either. But, um, Tommy, you have answered a lot for fans. I know everybody's appreciative of it. Glad you are feeling better, and thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. I hope everybody has a good weekend. He's Tommy Smith. I'm Chris Lee. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast.